0: Amanda Seals Show. It's a Friday kind of day. And I am Amanda Seals, your favorite comedian and common sense specialist. Shout out to everybody who came out to Smart Funny and Black last night in Los Angeles. We are going to do what we always do on Friday, Jeremiah. What is that? Spread black joy. You know it. This is, of course, an uplifting day. We always make it our business to keep Fridays as uh, uplifting as possible. Mm -hmm. Because it'd be a long week, baby. A long week. These days, every day feels like a week. It's like dog (laughs) years. It's like dog years Instead of seven days I mean instead of seven years It's seven days Every day feel like seven days
1: mm-hmm. And nobody wants to start The weekend with bad news
0: Nobody wants that So we got you all day We got Black Joy Stories We also gonna get you With a black spin Also you know We got Jeremiah's The People Versus That's right That's right That's right Who the people Mad at today
1: I gotta find out Stay tuned Stay
0: locked in <laughs> And I'm gonna hit you With things I learned This week Yeah Alright you know what it is Keep it locked right here to the Amanda Steele Show And give us a ring 1855 Amanda 8. That's 1855-262-6328. It's also National Endangered Species Day. And I am very big on the animals. So I want to shout out the endangered species that I feel like I have uh, done the most donating to, and that is the bonobo of the Democratic Republic of Congo, as well as the Pangolin, which you can also find in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Congo, as well as chimpanzees. And there's so many endangered species that really just bring so much not only just happiness to us, but really affect our ecosystems. And so I just urge you today to make a a point to just look up an endangered species and learn a little bit about it just to expand your knowledge and consciousness of this earth. All right, keep it locked. We got more on this Black Joy Friday right here at the Amanda Seals Show. It's the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here with...
1: Jeremiah Like the Bible.
0: And it's time for... A Story of Black Joy.
1: So last week, Amanda, we talked about finances (laughs) and getting good advice, you know, from our parents and people around us. So that's why I love this story. So... Apparently, Jason Tatum made a deal with his mother that ensured he would live off his endorsements rather than his earnings as a Celtics player. Yeah. So according to Spock Tram, Tatum has a $163 million contract with the Boston Celtics. I just, okay. And currently up to date, he has endorsement deals with, check this out, Jordan, Gatorade, Subway, and NBA 2K. And he does not touch his NBA money and lives completely off his endorsement money. And apparently his mother's like over his money too. So she like pocket watching. So I love the fact that they kind of like did this thing to kind of keep him on up and up. Cause we see a lot of times athletes, they get these big deals and they blow it all.
0: <laughs> apparently like she writes the checks and sees the receipts. Mm-hmm. And like one night he spent like $12,000 on a night out with friends. And I guess like she's the one who processes all the wires and the receipts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know what? You like it, I love it. Right, right, right,
1: right. So would you let your mother do this? No, okay. absolutely not. Okay, okay. No.
0: And it's not because I don't trust my mother. It's just like, I, I, I'm i a grown person. I want to watch my own money. Even I have an accountant and I have to sign. Listen, Oprah Winfrey taught me one thing. Well, she
1: taught you. She
0: taught me that you always sign every check. Don't let I mean, nobody sign a check for you. And smart. she's like that to this day, by the way.
1: Really? Yes.
0: To this day, Oprah signs every check.
1: And she signed a lot of checks, I'm sure.
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's... But you know what? We can also say, though, that it really is dope that he got financial literacy at yes, home. Yes, And that him and his family are able to, like, stay within a family unit right. and keep their you know keep their economics growing
1: mm-hmm. uh as one you so got we your play money and you got your money to keep for a rainy day well you basically got your play money and the money you play for <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so yes. there's that
0: and you know what this is this is a story of black joy. We got more for you right here on the Amanda Seal Show. It's a fri so you know what that is. We're going to keep it up, up, up all day long. So if you want to keep your vibes on a high level, then you know what to do. Keep it locked right here. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here with
1: Jeremiah, like the Bible, who
0: is a young millennial, okay? I and am. we w- between the breaks, we were talking about different candies, mm-hmm. all right? Because our producer Tony was over here eating uh, sweethearts. Sweet and tarts. I was actually surprised. So I was like, that's my generation candy. And young boy Jeremiah, <laughs> NBA, NBA young
1: boy, young boy <laughs>
0: Jeremiah over here, said that he didn't think candy was generational. And of course, Supreme, our engineer, chimed in, of course! Candy is
1: generational. I want y'all to know how they be, like, jumping me, up. (laughs) I'll be over here, like, just minding my business. And they be like, you're a
0: child. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, I love different generations of candy. You know what? Here's so. the thing.
0: You can't respect it because you wasn't here for it. All right? You you getting candy like how y'all are getting TV. It's all reboots. It's rebooted. Like, we was there for the first nerds. All right? When you had two sides and you had to open the box and you had to get one side open and then close. The and, and, yeah. and then you just you was flipping it in your mouth so much that now the box is soggy. And it's nasty, okay? You wasn't there. You was getting now. You got nerd ropes. It's a whole other. It's intense. That's a lot. You wasn't there for ring pops when they came off the scene.
1: You wasn't there. I had them growing up, though. I did have them growing up. Do you remember this candy? It was this... uh, Don't tell me about Lick-A-Stick. Are you about to tell me about Lick-A-Stick? Like, I don't know. It was like uh, this chocolate wonder ball or something like that. It was like a ball of chocolate. But you
0: see, this is the thing. That is a candy that's actually from Germany. Is it? And then you open the ball and there's a toy inside of it. Well,
1: no, they're like little...
0: Little like sour sweet tarts tarts inside of it. it. Yeah. It's a kinder, it's a kinder ball and it's from Germany. Y'all don't understand. I am a candy connoisseur. I literally did an entire episode of small doses podcast on candy. Really? And our producer Rebecca was like, I don't really know that you can talk about candy for an hour. I was like, "Mama, mama, you don't know me.
1: Jokes on you.
0: Jokes on you. Because again, and I have to remind people of this all the time. You wasn't there when they dropped the apple Jolly Rancher. You wasn't there when they dropped the blueberry Jolly Rancher. You wasn't there when they dropped the blue Sour Patch Kid and the blue Sweet Tart. Look at you, Jeremiah. You're shocked, amazed. (laughs) I was
1: there. Now they was dropped like it was Jordans. I was on the ground. (laughs) Okay. It was. It was a very big deal. Dropping them like they Jordans. It's a big deal. This
0: candy thing when it dropped. Because it was still like... An exciting time. It's like rap. It was still an exciting time. <laughs> there were still new things happening. Do you
1: remember bubblegum beepers?
0: Of course I remember bubblegum beepers. I used to love
1: those as a kid because I was like, I stuck like, out like a beeper. <laughs> and I'm I am gonna. remember
0: bubblegum cigarettes. <laughs> that was a whole thing. What was going on in the 90s? Not cigarettes. <laughs> now yeah. we promote Kids was definitely smoking bubblegum cigarettes. But my biggest weakness. Okay, first of all, I got in trouble at the YMCA because in third grade, I was selling fireballs. <laughs> For 25 cents. Okay. You was an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur. I was selling fireballs and tear, tear jerkers. So my mom was also, by the way, like encouraging this. She would buy the big like barrel of these things from Costco and I would take them to school and I would sell them after school at the YMCA. But then she bought the big vat of sour punch straws. Okay. And thinking back, I'm wondering like, why did you do that? Like, why did you allow this? Because, and I think she's guilty of it now. Like, she feels guilty because she's always asking me, like, am I diabetic? Am I diabetic? Am I diabetic? (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: like, I mean, you set the stage. She gave you all this sugar growing up.
0: Y'all, my mom's lunches, because my mom loves, like, little cute packaging and snacks and stuff like that. At one point, I had to pull my mom aside and be like, listen... It's too much processed food in my lunch.
1: I mean, she would have made a killing on TikTok these days. It was a whole like side of TikTok with the parents making the school lunches for all the different snacks. Are and stuff. you
0: serious? Oh my God. My mom was like when they had like the goldfish, but then they made a goldfish container that's in the shape of a goldfish. Now I got to have goldfish every day because it's a goldfish container. Like my mom loves like little doodads and the whole industry. tchotchkes like that. But to bring it back on the candies. Now there's some candies that people don't want to get down with. For and sure. the reality is, is that I don't care. I'm a ride, and I'm a die for candy corns.
1: I liked candy corn as a kid. As an adult, I haven't really had it as much, but I liked it. I like candy corn.
0: Look at that! I and don't
1: love candy corn, but I like it.
0: And that's why we do this show together. That's why we we're able to share the mic. <laughs> we welcome you back into the fold, Jeremiah. <laughs> I'm dressed the, the candy Bible.
1: corn today. You
0: are, <laughs> y'all. Hit us up and let us know your favorite candies. Yeah. 1 855 Amanda 8. That's 1 855 262 6328. I know we got some candy holics out there. I know. Don't be shamed. Don't be shamed. Just give us a call. It's a safe space. Keep it locked right here to The Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Okay now, sis, that's something important to say. Allow me to reintroduce myself. It's a public seals announcement on the Amanda Seal Show. I don't think white women really understand how impactful they have been in the lives of so many black people in negative ways. Like I can honestly tell you that I have had a lot of white women who have been very positive in my life. However, because I have seen the multitude of ways that they have been dangerous to others, I always keep a side eye. Yeah. To any white woman I meet, I'm going to keep a side eye until proven otherwise, because the reality is that I know that certain white pe- white women treat me differently because even as I was a seventh grader, they were saying, you're like black, but I like black, black. You know what I mean? They just decide like, oh, I don't, I don't have to treat you that way, but it doesn't discount them treating other black people the way that we've seen so many white women behave. And I don't think enough white women really, really, really understand that that y'all have managed to become weapons for other people's destruction. The tears, the lies, all of it. It is very real. You saw it in that video with the nurse and the black kids with the bike. It is not the first time. May Carolyn Bryant burn in hell. If you know, you know now before I
2: finish let me just say I did not come here to show out did not come here to impress you because to tell you the truth when I leave here I'm gone and I don't care what you think about me but just remember but it hits the fan brother whether it's next year ten years twenty years from now
0: you'll never be able to say the man slide to you Jack we ain't nobody too. we shaking up the Hello? I, I can't hear you. Ha <laughs> ha! Gotcha! I
1: know you calling to say what's on your mind. Because
0: you've been listening, laughing, and learning at the Amanda Seals Show. And it's
1: Black Joy Friday. So when you hear that beep, you know what to do. Leave that message! Yes,
2: yeah, so I was calling in on um, talking about the issue with money and the relationships. Money doesn't matter. I've been the breadwinner of my household for 30 plus years I've been with my wife and without the conversations and without the talking and being with that person the money, it doesn't matter so that's my thought, thank you Hey Amanda, uh, this is Rico Charlotte, North Carolina um I think that's crazy because there's so many dynamics of a household. Like, I work full-time. My fiance, she take care of the kids. She got down, drop them all, pick them up, feed them. She do everything. Like, I just go to work and pay a bill. So, so if anything, I feel like she contributes more than I do. Thanks for having me.
1: Did he say his name? Rico.
0: Rico. Let me tell you something about Rico. Yes, you get it. I really appreciate Rico's point of view because not enough people have that point of view.
1: They don't. It takes more than just money. It's not just about the money. Money's important. Let's not act like money's well, important. But, but it's a yin it's, and yang. Right. It's not the end all be all.
0: And I don't think enough people really understand that and respect that. And so they look down
1: mm-hmm.
0: on other people's contributions. And sometimes the person themselves, given those contributions is looking down on that contribution and being like, feeling like bad that they're not like contributing money. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you don't need to contribute money. We already got money. What I need you to contribute to is mm-hmm. like, that's the thing that I think sometimes is imbalanced in a lot of relationships, especially like, um, you know, the, the gender roles of things. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I know I have friends who it's like both of them work, but then like (laughs) the woman is still expected to come home and like make sure there's a meal on the table.
1: And I was at work too.
0: Like can't For we split it? Hours. Can't we split it? Like I do, I do Monday, <laughs> Wednesdays, and Fridays, and you do Tuesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. and Saturday, and then we eat pizza on Sunday. Like we can't,
1: right? You know, but it's too much like right, Amanda. Ah, damn, it's too much like right.
0: Well, we love when you all call us up and you really show us that common sense is more common than we think. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Rico. Hit us up one eight five five Amanda eight. That's 1-855-262-6328. Keep it like right here to the Amanda Steele Show. Hey, Amanda Steele Show. We up. We up. We up. show it's your girl amanda seals here with
1: jeremiah I like the bible
0: and uh we gotta keep it going on this black joy friday we love a good black joy friday because it really I, you know what? i don't even think we like consciously named it a black joy friday it just kind of became it that like
1: became this thing
0: it just became that now this hour we got the people
1: versus we do mm-hmm. we do and I'm very excited about it. The people are always excited to know who I'm about to talk about. <laughs> I and mean, it's not even really me. It's the people talking about it. I'm just reporting. You're just man.
0: reporting. my sins.
1: Y'all be going after these people on the internet. Not me.
0: And listen, I love giving you all things I learned this week because I've been getting comments from people saying that they learned so much from yes. things I learned this week. So, you know what? I'm going to keep my ear out and continue to share with y'all the things that I am learning over the course of the week. And I'm also, as a geek, very excited, Jeremiah, because really? next week week is the second installment of Apple TV's like dinosaur oh god series not the
1: not Jurassic
0: it was a year ago because I watched it when I had covid a year ago
1: <laughs> what well, covid years are crazy a year ago
0: covid years are crazy have you ever had covid uh, possibly. Oh, that's right. We've it had this was, conversation. It was,
1: un, it was undetected, I guess, or untested. It was untested. But whatever it was, it kicked you on, a, on your butt. It did. Okay, it
0: that's did. all I need to know. When people <laughs> tell me they had COVID and it didn't bother them, I'd be like, get out of here. Get out <laughs> the room.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
0: Well, you know what? Don't get out of here. Stick around because we got more Amanda Seal show right here. Remember to keep it locked uh, and follow us on social media at Seals Said It. Mm-hmm. And you can also check out the latest episode of my podcast, Small Doses, at Amanda Seals TV on YouTube. You can also check it out wherever you get your podcasts. If you're more more of a listener than a watcher. This week's episode, side effects of diaspora wars with Christina. Brown. It's going to be a good one. So make sure you check it out. All right. Keep it like right here. We got a black joy story. When we get back, don't move. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals show. It is time for a story of black joy. So well,
1: Amanda, you know, it's graduation season. The people are throwing them caps and gowns, not caps and gowns, but caps in the air.
0: Season. I hate mm-hmm. that people be saying "congrats" is a T.
1: Yeah, it's a T. Yeah. I feel like it's the little the uh, card the card companies that got people messed up. Can you try to conflate it to make it cute? Like, oh. do they really? Yeah, sometimes they do that.
0: Oh my God, because I can't take that. Mm-hmm. I can't take that. Congrats and worse <laughs> versus worst has black people in a chokehold. Choke
1: well, but this anyway, doesn't, this is not in a show code. has us filling all the fields because in a heartwarming tale of determination and shared achievements, a mother and a son made history by graduating together from Georgia State University um, this past week. So the mother, Janelle Carter, returned to school after a 25-year hiatus hmm. to complete her degree in psychology while her son, Justin Carter, pursued his passion for computer science. I love that.
0: I really do love this. And I think, you know, it just goes to show that. It's never too late. Never too late. Never too late. And I think for some people, it's just like, oh, I just can't go back into that setting. Mm-hmm. Like it just might be too too strenuous. Or maybe some people feel bad because they're like they're going to be the old person with the young kids, et cetera.
1: F that. Right. I asked Get yours. for a baby. I looked up one day. There was a stroller in the class. I said, Ooh, not a baby. But I loved it. Come in here and get your get your stuff. Yeah. What you got to do.
0: Listen, we not in high school. <laughs> You know? And even if we are, like, get it done. <laughs> right, right, right. Get it done. I remember, I, I love seeing, like, the videos of, like, professors holding the kid, you know, their students' kids, uh, uh, you know, babies while they take a test or whatever. Mm-hmm. We got to, we all got to be as educated as possible. Like, right. that's really right. what it is. And when we work together, we support each other. And I'm sure that his that her son helped in this process. Mm-hmm. I hope so.
1: Right. And I think sometimes parents, oftentimes, when they have kids. Kids, they pour out so much to get them across the line. Yes. I'm happy to see when they're able to go back across the line. Like, you know what? I'm gonna finish mine too. And they did it together. So they got their photos in front of the Georgia State Panther.
0: (laughs) We love it. Shout out to both of them. This is definitely a story of black joy. Keep it like right here because we got more where that came from. This is the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seal Show. We are here on a Friday. That makes it a fry- Yay. Mm-hmm. And your man's Jeremiah, look at the Bible. Well, he has got a people's versus because you know how it goes down. The people always be talking about somebody. Mm-hmm. Who are they talking about
1: this week? Today's the people versus is the people versus Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not for blue checks this time or, you know, <laughs> running Twitter into the ground. It's because he had this to say. Look, there are some exceptions, but I, I kind of think that, that the whole
2: notion of work from home is, is a bit like, the, you know, the, the, the fake Marie Antoinette quote, let them eat cake. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, it's like, really, you're going to work from home and you're going to make everyone else who made your car come work to the, fa- work in the factory? You're going to make the people who make your food that gets delivered that they, they can't work from home? The, you know, the, the, the people that, that come fix your house, they, they can't work from home, but you can? Does that seem morally right?
1: That's messed up. So he, huh? he had that to say, and the people had this to say. Somebody said he didn't mind his damn business, <laughs> firstly. He doesn't go to work. Right. Yeah. That's why the, that's the irony of, the, of this scenario. Somebody also said he ran Twitter into the ground and he wants to give working <laughs> business advice. Okay, pal. And this one really was true. Somebody said, is it morally right that he has billions of dollars and we have none? Nah, but here we are. Mm. Which brings me to, my, to, to the matter right hand, Amanda Seals, in the case of the people versus Elon Musk. This is like a really open shut case because in the matter of the people versus Elon Musk, I'm with the people. <laughs> because to your point, he don't go to work. He at home. He don't he doing this interview right now because he's not at work. Because <laughs> he was at work. He'd be on a Zoom meeting talking to people. And I think, but what it's worth Everyone can't work from home. Like, that's just what it is. Like, some jobs really require you to go into the place of business yeah. and do things. But there are other jobs that you don't lose productivity by doing, um, by working from home. And if anything, I feel like a lot of these companies just really want to just, like, surveil you. Like, you can't... A lot of these jobs can be done in, like, a short amount of time, really. Like, you have an eight-hour work day, but some of these jobs will be done in, like, four hours. And you spend a lot of time in the office just doing busy work or, like, pretending to be busy. I have a question for you. Go ahead. If you...
0: If I had you come into the office mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. how much time do you feel
1: like you'd be spending actually doing work? Um, three hours max, depending on, what, depending on what we're doing, but like maybe three, three to four hours max. Fascinating. If I'm not, if I'm like looking, at like have to look at like videos or something that takes longer. But I not just doing like actual clerical, clerical, like email, like admin, yeah. admin stuff. Not that long because you really just sit down and be like, okay, check, Knock check, it check, check, out. check. check. <laughs> but when you're in a, a work office, a corporate space. You do that, and now you sit in like, okay, playing solitaire. <laughs> you gotta you got look busy, like you are trying to. <laughs> and I think a lot of companies don't like that, but they like they like that in a sense they can like know where you are, what are you doing. But also they don't pay for these office bu- buildings. That's the real reason. So they like we gotta. Keep these lights on. No, the money. that's
0: the real reason. Listen, if we didn't work from my house, baby, you'd be at an office with me. <laughs> like, that's how it we'll would go. Right. But I think there's something really dis- um, disconnected from this because it's a false equivalency. Mm-hmm. There are jobs that are done at home. Right. And there are jobs that cannot be done at home. right? What does a a house... Fixer have mm. to do with doing the job at home, like right. by nature of the actual job, you have mm. to leave home. I mean, I don't think there's any reason why you. Would, that's that's such an apples. You're not comparing apples to oranges. You're comparing apples to hot dogs.
1: <laughs> not even the same food ecosystem.
0: It's bizarre to me, and we keep acting like this person's point of view matters. It matters realty. just as much as Boosie's zero.
1: That's the realty. Who really cares what Elon Musk has to say? But the people thought they should give them, give them a piece of their mind, so I'm here to report it. <laughs> There you have it. That's the People
0: versus right here at the Amanda Seal Show. When we get back, I gotta let y'all know what I learned this week. It's things I learned this week. So keep it right here. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. It's the Amanda Seal Show. I learned this week. There's a lot
3: you
1: can learn from the Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. This is Jeremiah Like the Bible, joined by Amanda Seals. And Amanda is Black Joy Friday. But it's also time for you to hit us for the things you learned this week. That's right,
0: y'all. Things I learned this week. Okay, so, of course, there's a lot of graduations happening right now. Like, Mm -hmm. it's that time of year. And for the doctors, they end up taking the Hippocratic Oath, right? So the Hippocratic Oath is basically this oath that goes way back to Hippocrates, and it's basically like the do-no-harm oath. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know that engineers... Also, have an oath. take a Hippocratic oath of sorts, okay? Um, because as a profession, apparently it's considered, a, it has an ethical weight. Engineering mistakes can be even more deadly okay. than medical ones. Think about it. Engineers are building our streets. They're building our bridges. They're building our buildings, our homes, planes, et cetera. And so I thought this was really fascinating. Something else that I learned this week is that I knew that there were um, segregated battalions in World War II mm-hmm. because they had like black folks fighting but they would have them like on their own right you know that's why we Separate know about the Tuskegee yeah the Tuskegee Airmen etc but I didn't know they had the same thing for Mexicans R- really yes so apparently they were actually like I mean once I say it you're like oh mm-hmm. yeah okay so they also have Mexican fighters mm-hmm. and they were oftentimes in their own segregated battalions and when they came home were then deported in many cases not deported. There was actually something called the Wet Back Initiative.
1: Yes, I learned about that in the documentary I recommended to you, Amanda Seals. Amanda, <laughs> I started watching it. I'm not heard that. I said what? Yes. That, first of all, that title. That for title Allah, is
0: crazy. A law. A law. And basically, they were just rounding up Mexican folks and pushing them back over the over the over the um border. That's crazy. Bonkers. But very American, of course. Uh, on a lighter note. <laughs> So apparently, the sun is not white or yellow.
1: Okay. It's green.
0: So according to NASA, according to NASA scientist, (laughs) W. Dean Pesnell, he said the sun would appear green if your eye could handle looking at it. Now, if you're like me, you've absolutely looked at the sun Mm. because you were like, no one can tell me what to do. Uh, But you you can't really your eye can't even take it in at its level. right? Right, Right. So he said that the sun has enough of all the different colors in it. And it's so bright that everybody's eyes are firing like crazy and saying it's too bright for me to tell you what color it is. That's why the sun looks white. But he said, actually, it's green.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So there you go. Things you learned this week. Things I learned this week. I love sharing things I learned this week with y'all. And I'm still patiently waiting for the day when someone calls and tells me what they learned this week. Just in case you were... Looking for a reminder? The number is one eight five five Amanda eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. Begging for you all to teach me the things that you are learning. When we get back, we got more Amanda Seal show. So don't go anywhere. The Amanda Seal show. We up. We up. We
1: up pick up the phone and dial.
0: What's up y'all? It's Amanda Seals and
1: Jeremiah like the Bible.
0: And you've reached the, the Amanda, Amanda Seals Seal show.
1: show. We love hearing your opinions on the things we discuss, and that's why we love when you give us a call and speak your mind. You know what to do with the beep. Leave that message.
2: Amanda Seals, this is Tyler from suburbs of Philadelphia, and I just wanted to call because you asked us how are you and Jeremiah like the Bible doing? Y'all doing a damn good job. I listen every day. Last night, I watched the premiere of Side Effects of Being Light Skin, and you and your facial expressions while Mona was talking had me falling out. I was like, yeah, Amanda has got to be my soul sister because she a cancer. I'm a Leo. I'm close to the Cancers. We act very similar. But I enjoyed the episode. I even listened to it on Spotify before the video came out. Girl, I'm here. I'm going to keep supporting, keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for the beautiful content that you've given us. Love it. Have a great one. Jeremiah the Bible, you doing good too. Love it. See ya. So me and my boyfriend, um, as far as contribution is concerned, we do have a son together. We live together. Um, He pays 60 percent. I pay 40 percent. But everything else is basically if you don't got it, I got it. If I got it, and you don't got it, you know, I got you, you know. So we pretty much contribute that way. We don't really um, do the 50-50 thing all the time. We don't really calculate it that specifically but we do a great job with contributing um pretty fairly that way and it works out been together for five years going on six
0: and can be happier love you guys love the show have a good one so you know what that is though that's a sign of two adults yeah
1: A lot of these people don't have two adult relationships.
0: No, (laughs) no, they don't. Because a lot of people don't want to be an adult. Mm -hmm. Being an adult means you're going to have obligations. Mm -hmm. You're going to have responsibilities. There's also sometimes you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Right. Simply because it's your responsibility Mm -hmm. and you're relied upon. And in those moments, you have to find the... I don't know, kind of like the inspiration to do it or the initiative to do it by the fact that like it's it's kind of cool to be able to be relied upon. It's cool to be a part of um, just
1: an expectation where you're sharing with somebody. And being flexible, you know, ebbing and flowing as things change, things are needed, just showing up because, again, you could be doing it by yourself, all by yourself. And I might want to do that either.
0: You know what? I think some people think they want to do it by themselves because then they don't got to answer to nobody. But the thing is, is that if you're doing it by yourself, there's things you're going to lose in that. Yeah. So you may gain the autonomy to like do whatever you want, but you might, you're going to lose the the beauty of, uh, you know, support of, you know, structure with a, a, a person that is, Here to see you win. Right. Companionship. You know, Mm -hmm. these types of things. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, looks like we're on the same page. And uh, I love that she was sharing that. And I think it's interesting that they have like a percentage. I wonder if both of them, like, I wonder how close they keep it to that. Like, is it really... Like, do they go through each bill and it's like, 6040? 40 60 Well, you know what I always say about jokes. All of them are sixty forty. The question is how much is the truth and how much is the joke? Right. We got it right here. We are not a joke, even though we give you some laughs and the facts. Because that's what you do right here at the Amanda Seal Show. We got more Friday for you. So don't go anywhere. We got a lot to do. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. everybody. It is Friday. Jeremiah, your birthday is fast approaching.
1: It is. It's next week. What's oh, the date again? May 26th. Is that next week or the week after next? May 26th. I mean, I feel like that's information that you should know. I'm terrible at dates. Everything, I, Time is not real, y'all. So in my head, it's all like floating. Your it's, birthday falls on a Friday. It is a Friday. I know that. My birthday is, it is next Friday. Yeah. I'm going to just need you to be more aware of when your birthday is. But well, nonetheless, nonetheless. I'm not a birthday person now. So. Oh,
0: you're one of those people. That's right. Just. It's just a day? It's not just a day. It's definitely
1: my birthday. <laughs> but I'm not like everybody. Stop. We're gonna. It's not, it was never given that. Because
0: that's definitely a thing. I've only been like that for like my 30th birthday, my 21st birthday. I right.
1: mean, I'm turning 29, so it's not like Oh,
0: you are big on this whole like it's just 29 means nothing thing. All right. It's you know what? To sun. each their
1: own. Watch my birthday and be like, no one <laughs> told me
0: happy birthday, ah, Expecting it. Uh, um, expecting it. Well, you know what? It's not your birthday yet We gotta get into some black joy Maybe right. next week All of our black joy stories Will be about Jeremiah. Jeremiah Like the Bible I mean that is a day of black joy I would bless you Exactly guys With life You were you were brought into this world And I'm mm-hmm. sure that brought joy To so many people And it has brought joy To the people listening to the show mm-hmm. Alright well, When we get back We got another story of black joy And uh, we're gonna do that Right here at the Amanda Seal show Remember If you miss any of the show You can go to wherever You get your podcasts Type in the Amanda Seal show And boom We're right there so, don't feel like if you missed the show that you're out of gas because you can always go back and binge. All right, when we get back, we got a story
1: of black joy for you. Keep it locked.
0: Hey, y'all, it's Amanda Seals here at the Amanda Seals Show. Jeremiah, like the Bible, what's
1: good with you? You know, it's Friday. I'm tapped in, I'm ready for some black joy, keeping our spirits high.
0: Oh, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready for a story of black joy.
1: joy. As a film grad myself, I love this story (laughs) because filmmaker Spike Lee, in collaboration with the Gersh Agency, has made a groundbreaking announcement regarding the establishment of the Inaugural Spike Fellows Program. So through this initiative, the Spikes Fellows program promises to empower aspiring filmmakers and amplify diverse narratives, leaving. Huh, that's a that's a proclamation right there. Well, you know, I am represented by the Gersh Agency. Really?
0: I am. I'm represented by the Gersh Agency as well as CAA. Okay. And I think this is really great. Um, and I think that it's really s- super dope that it's attached to HBCUs specifically. Mm-hmm. And you know Spike is somebody Who has always I feel like Been creating programs To extend a hand To bring up folks From behind right? Mm-hmm. Well not from behind But to bring up folks Through the ranks Because that's what Doesn't happen enough Within Hollywood Apprenticeships mm-hmm. uh, Amongst particularly Black folks It's very hard To get through The gatekeepers When you don't have an in mm-hmm. You know The nepotism Isn't the same For us right
1: Especially behind the scenes
0: Very much so So you know Before he had like A whole apprenticeship program With 40 acres and a mule mm-hmm. And so to see this happening I think is really great And y'all It is just A priceless Contact mm-hmm. To have I mean remember This is the town Where it's not What you know It's who you know And who knows you
1: That's really what it is I
0: always say that <laughs> I always try to tell people Like it, and, and let me add a, Another caveat And who
1: knows what you do That's very important Very important But no you know Spike he went to Morehouse And he took a lot of his film classes At Clark Atlanta And Clark Atlanta Will let you know Like well, he got his film classes <laughs> Over here Over here so I'm happy that he's like reaching out and reaching back to really help young filmmakers because we need more black filmmakers because at this time, we're trying to like silence black art, black culture. Yeah. We need more art <laughs> to come yes. behind us. Also to document this new era that we're living in. Like we sometimes forget, we talk about this a lot, that history is ongoing. Yeah. Like we are, we've we had this past decade, the past 20 years, that's undocumented history.
0: Do you understand that like the era of Ashanti Foolish <laughs>
1: Has not been documented
0: yet. It has not been documented yet. Like that was a whole time. Well, that was did my do youth. A
1: documentary, but you know.
0: Well, I just, <laughs> I can't. Like Jay Z was still making new albums. Yeah. Like he yeah. was
1: wearing a wife beater in a video. I mean, we just got the Jenna Jackson documentary like last year. And Jen has been in the industry for a long time. So we, we, need, we need new storytellers. To tell but
0: that. I don't even just mean documentaries. I also just mean like, Things that take place in that time. Like, that's considered a period
1: piece. Um, early, well, I mean, the 2000s come back with Gen Z. They dress like, in just like, in a velour, ch- juicy couture, tracksuit.
0: You know what? I need to bring my velour suits back out. I think I'm going to hit y'all with a lady in EJ. <laughs> I'm going to hit y'all with a lady I will never recover that I lost a gray and pink rock-a-wear sweatsuit that mm-hmm. is still, to this day, like, one of my favorite pieces of clothing. And I know, I have no idea where it went <laughs> in my life. And I, I take that pain very deeply But don't get it twisted I still have a rock suit in there A Lady
1: and Nietzsche. I have two Lady Nietzsche suits up in there Oh my god Does it mean like ATL It's like a period film now at this point Yes <laughs> Like the clothing the, the music The
0: whole thing <laughs> ATL cruising Yes Got my gold teeth shining oh, bright for you girl By the way That's a song I have never been able to find Really? I cannot find that song anywhere it's it, plays, is it a real song? Yes, it's a, so- a real song. And it plays as a transition when they're going into wa- Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Can't, don't know where it is. If somebody knows where it is, DM me, please. Keep a look right here at the Amanda Seals Show. We got more for you eh, coming up. Because, you know, the Black Joy don't stop on Fridays. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we
1: up, we up. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. This is Jeremiah, like the Bible. And you're wondering, where's Amanda Seals? Well, she's here. Because it's time for me to, you know, take her down memory lane. I'm about to interview Amanda Seals, y'all. It's never <laughs> never has been seen before. A host being interviewed on their own show about themselves. <laughs> are you are you excited, Amanda?
0: Yes, I actually am, because I feel like you're gonna like you're gonna put yourself to the test to ask me questions that i have never been asked
1: before. I mean, some of you probably have been asked before, but we gonna go a little bit deeper than usual. So okay. we're gonna take it back to the beginning. You know, a lot of people listen to you and they've discovered you in many ways. But every so often you get a comment like, oh, my God, you the girl from My Brother and Me. Yes. Dion. Yes. And I'm actually really curious. How do you actually get that role as Dion in My Brother and Me? I was
0: living in Orlando and I was auditioning. I had an agent, Edna Byers, rest in peace. And uh, she would, you know, submit me for roles. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very regular process. Like I went to Nickelodeon, I auditioned. I remember that day uh, I was asked, I was allowed to work out I was invited to work out with the level eights when I was a gymnast okay. and that was like a big deal because I was a level six so to work out with the bigger the bigger girls on the higher level and the optional team was like major and I had to go to this audition and when I tell you I was like livid I cried the whole way really? so the walk from the parking lot to the actual like um audition space at Nickelodeon used to be this like I mean it was just an incredibly long walk so I know my mother was annoyed with every
1: like, every
0: step you take. She was just like, "Oh my goodness!" But we got there. I sucked it up. I did the audition, and then I booked it. And when I booked it, they were like, "Oh, um, you actually were only slated to do like one episode, but then mm-hmm. they liked my work, so we, they kept me on the whole season."
1: What do you think? What do you think it was that about you that helped you get Dion? Because, like you said, there were other mm. people that were auditioning for the role. Did you get to see any of the other young actresses?
0: Well, I knew a couple of them okay. just because
1: like, you know, making kind of. Making your rounds. Yeah,
0: <laughs> making my rounds. Um, I think what it boiled down to is that I was always like a precocious child and mm-hmm. the character Dion was precocious. And so like it wasn't a stretch, you know, it was very much like, oh, this is
1: natural. Right, right. Okay, okay. So with that, you were on Nickelodeon. Yes. And a lot of people my age, every generation, they were they dreaming about being on Nickelodeon or like Disney Channel. Like just being a teen or kid on a show. But was it really all it was cracked up to be? Like, when you think, you kind, you kind of check stuff something off other people's bucket list. Uh-huh. But for you, was it on your bucket list? Was it as impactful as it seemed? I don't think, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Short answer,
0: no. Yeah, no. I mean, I was 12. Okay. You have to understand, like, I was a gymnast, and that was far more important to me than any of this. Interesting. So, like, I was doing my gymnast thing, and that summer, while we were shooting, uh, my brother and me, I was skipping level seven to go level eight and that was like way more of an accomplishment to me
1: than doing this tv show that's interesting because i feel like a lot of kids are opposite day, and they're like I'm, I'm doing little league or whatever i really want to be a star <laughs> i was like i have to go shoot again <laughs> like I, I was like can we rap i got to get to the gym you was how were you? How were you as a uh, able to balance that though? Like was it difficult being a gymnast, being a regular teenager, and then being on a show at that time?
0: Well, I wasn't really a teenager, teenager yet, pre-teen. right? So I was a preteen. So I was still very much like I, I was a young. Person like I was an old soul, but a young kid. If that makes any sense, like I was not like a I was like a late bloomer, you know. So I wasn't like chasing boys. I wasn't interested in like alcohol. Like I wasn't sneaking out. Like I'm sa- I'm just saying. Like I know people who are like I've been drinking since I was ten. I'm like God dang. So you know I was really like very into the things, the activities that I was in. So gymnastics, I was obsessed. I'm still obsessed with gymnastics. So I think it was more so that my mom balanced it by just making sure that, I was able to do both. Like she communicated that to them. The other part of it too, is that I was a level six, which is compulsory. And so it was a low, it was a lower level. So I didn't require as much time in the gym. But then after that summer, had I continued to be a gymnast, had uh, my brother and me continued, I don't think I would have been able to keep up the two.
1: because you would have kept getting more important and bigger.
0: Well, yeah. And also like, it's just once you're an optional gymnast, like you don't have, you have like, Four hours minimum in the gym every day.
1: Play school. Plus yeah. I got to go to sleep. and eat So that's dinner. how you end
0: up people. That's how people end up tutor, getting tutored and homeschooled uh, and stuff
1: like that. Do you think you'd have been on your way to the Olympics had you stayed the, the course? No. <laughs> that's good. Some people are like, yeah, I would have been at Michael Jordan. I would have been at Simone Biles.
0: No. I mean, I think I've been very, very fortunate, honestly, Jeremiah, to not have regrets when I've moved on to other spaces. Okay. Like, good. I feel like I did gymnastics like all the way to the last second that I could do gymnastics. And then mm. it was just, it was time to go. Same thing, like, I feel like I really gave my all to Hollywood. Like, mm. to, and, and it's not to say that I've, like, completely disregarded Hollywood, but I feel like... Because I see the pictures with you with the Hollywood people. Well, because, you know, I mean, I still know them, but I don't feel like I pour into it anymore in the way that I really thought I was going to be doing for the rest of my life, because I gave everything that I wanted to and was like, you know mm-hmm. what, let me shift. Then I think there's also this idea... Of like, people thinking better than they could. like. I know my level as a gymnast. Right. Like I'm not delusional about that. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so. I'm like, let me just have it have fun while I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. On the opposite end of that, do you do you feel like? Well, how do you feel like your life would been different if? My Brother and Me would have continued. Because, you know, that's like the yeah. first black show on, on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And then after it got canceled, you know, you have like Keenan and Kel, all that, these other shows that became like cultural hmm. juggernauts in a sense. And you saw how a lot of those actors' lives kind of shifted.
0: That's a question I've never been asked. Oh, okay. Good job.
1: Because um, people love that show. People are always like, why did it get canceled? I wish it would have stayed.
0: You know, it's interesting. The reason it got canceled was because the creator didn't want to like uh, kind of coon it up. And they wanted him to make right. the characters a little bit more, you know, stock character-y. So had that happened, right, I don't know what that would have looked like. But mm-hmm. I think we would have ended up continuing to be successful.
1: You'd have more Dion Necro's and, yeah. and, and <laughs> Thumb
0: Oh, my God. But I could have gotten more <laughs> cheerleading. But if that had happened, I think I would have become a child star. Mm-hmm. You know, people use the child star word, like, loosely. Because mm-hmm. they're just like, you were on a TV show, you were a child star. It's like, I was not a child star. A child actor. I was a child actor. But um, I mean, I would get like recognized in the mall. But it wasn't like Hannah Montana. Right, right. Uh, The the Migos never made a song (laughs) about me. They've never made. There, I don't think I've only heard one reference to me in a song as Dion. Really? Yes, and it was an ex saying that he had smashed me. So yeah, and 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 then he had the nerve to tell me like I would be proud of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's it. And
0: I was like, that's not what you think it is. That's not hitting the way you thought it would hit. Uh, But I think I would have just ended up. Probably having to move because I don't know that they would have kept doing it in New York. Mm. And I think it was it would have been different. I would have ended up very different because my education wouldn't have been the same.
1: I can see that. Do you feel like it would have made you, had you ascended to be this teen star, Lizzie McGuire, Raven Simone, of those likes, do you think you would have um, interacted with the industry differently at this point in your career if you had had that level of success as a teenager?
0: I really wonder if I would have stayed. Okay. I wonder if I would have stayed. I may have been one of these people that's basically like, okay, I did it. Now I'm going to law school.
1: Right. Well, yesterday we talked about being burnt out. So you feel like you yeah. really got a quick burnout. I do. And then had to. Pivot. I started at eight. Yeah. So I
0: feel like by 18, I would have been like, get me out of here. Let me go work in somebody's firm.
1: But well, We see that a lot with a lot of teen stars. They're like, mm-hmm. you know what? Some, some even if they come back, they always take like a break, like a little beat between like yeah. teenager and um, adulthood. Speaking of adulthood, mm-hmm. you ain't just stop at my brother and me. You also was on mtv girl i was you Was a vj i was and at one point in time that was a thing like now there's no, no. i mean yeah now it's not it's literally a a dead
0: job it's it an is. extinct
1: position so speaking of that what do you feel like we're missing now without the loss of like mtv like mtv news just got gets closed yeah down. we don't have vjs no one in system park no trl like what is this generation missing and especially when it comes to like music journalism pop culture
0: You know, honestly, I think you have to go back to the root. Like if if I were to answer that as it relates to like the programming, Mm -hmm. that feels like a branches question when Mm -hmm. the reality is, is that there isn't enough time for music to live in order for there to be journalism around it in a real way. Yeah. I think everything has become so much like, let me do it first, let me do it first, that you don't even get time to do a think piece, right? People drop an album, then they drop an EP, then they drop a <laughs> mixtape, then they drop a single, then they drop a remix, you know, then they drop a... It's like, no one is getting... Like, Kendrick is one of the few artists, I think J. Cole maybe mm-hmm. as well, who will, like, drop an album and let it breathe. Let it breathe, yeah. You know, and you get to take it in, and you get to listen to it and grow with it over time, and I think that makes their music so much more impactful. I wish, I wish that was more the case um, with more artists, but... It's just not the era we're in. So I think that's why we see roles like, you know, MTV News going away and not Mm. so much journalism around music in Mm. the same way. We see like the podcasts, you know, the roundtables, the lists. Mm. Right. But I also feel like we also aren't getting as much music development. We're getting more like artist access Mm. versus music development.
1: And we're also just missing the fact of like, you know, there was the time you come home and go watch MTV or watch One of season Park and really just uh, as a cultural thing, more so just besides like just the music, it was like appointment TV. It was appointment
0: TV, Mm -hmm. but it was also an opportunity for you to see artists outside of them just making songs, yeah. you know, they would get interviewed, you know, sometimes they were judging a freestyle battle or, you know, there would be like a unique way that they were getting positioned. That was the only way that you would get access to them outside of maybe some type of interview in a magazine or or their actual music. So like there isn't as much of a need for that space Um, and that's actually something that I really try and do with small doses is like try and create a space where you're going to get a unique entryway into somebody that you may have access to already in social media.
1: Right, right. I mean, I think you've had, you've had two iconic VJs participate in Smart, Funny and Black. You had free yes. versus Ananda Lewis, which is... Crazy, like though you think about that's a that's a, a era of television that yes. has to be academized for people to go back. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <at. laughs> it's true.
1: What do you looking back at that time? What do you feel like was the best part of being like an MTV DJ, VJ, and also like the worst part? Like, w- like what was the dichotomy?
0: I mean, it's on a basic level. The best part was that I was living my dream. Okay, like I really dreamed to be this position. Like I wanted to be a VJ. I. So not in a way you didn't dream about being oh, my brother and me. You dreamed of never B- dreamed about being I <laughs> dreamed about being a VJ. like okay. really planned like w- like went the extra effort. Okay, um, and so once I got it, it was surreal. Okay, also like I'm a music fanatic. Like y'all listen to the show, you hear me talk about things. Like I'm a music fanatic. So to get to interview these artists in a space that they content that they consider to be valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, was also just super dope. Like, I remember the day that I interviewed Nas, I literally lost my voice that morning. And Nas was my favorite artist at the time. And I could not believe that I, like, literally just lost my voice. And I'm like, hello, Nasir. Um, It was just <laughs> t- terrifying. But that was, like, really major to me, like, to get to meet these people that were so um, impactful to me just with their music. And... I would say the thing that, I, what was the other question? The thing that I didn't.
1: Like, what was the worst part of it? Because I think people look at it like, oh, to your point, you drink to being a VJ. You're like, I can't wait to do this. Get there. It's like, oh, this part's here too.
0: You know what? It's always, um there were a couple parts. Like, Lala is like really cool to me now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whenever we see each other. But like at the time, like she was kind of like cold, you know? And I don't think that was necessarily her like being stank or whatever. But I think there was an environment that kind of was like, oh, tokenizing. Right.
1: There's only one. There's room only one. Yeah, one black
0: VJ. Very yeah. much so. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was that vibe, right? Um, I also think ultimately it's a white-run place, and I was doing Sucker Free Sunday, which is very decidedly hip hop. It's quote unquote urban, et cetera. But I'm answering to these white people who do not know culture, who do not know what we're talking about, and they really don't get that this is a space that's nuanced. Mm-hmm. So that was also frustrating because I was like. I would have people writing for me that... I, I will never forget the day that they had me reading a prompter that said Tribe Called Quest was from Brooklyn, and I was so livid because if I didn't know that... You would have I would have And that's like... Back on the streets on the Boulevard Linden. Yes, Linden Boulevard is also in Brooklyn, but they are from Queens. Like, that's so obvious. Like, they talk about it all the time. I remember when it was Thanksgiving, and I wouldn't say Happy Thanksgiving, and it was like a whole thing.
1: Really? You were shaking the table that early?
0: I was like, I mean...
1: Happy indigenous people. You say there.
0: that early, but to be honest, I had only been on the job for like two months and I was just like, I'm not going to say happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to say it is Thanksgiving and they were just like, oh well, my Well, early God. in a
1: sense too that I think most people just got to that point where we don't even like Say Thanksgiving oh, yeah, anymore. this is like in culture, but new on the job as well.
0: Baby, this is oh three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we definitely Bush area. Yeah, we were saying happy Thanksgiving.
0: I was like, happy. Thanks. I was like, happy. Uh, no, I didn't say happy. I said it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> then like there was a there had been a hurricane in Grenada and the hurricane was now moving to Miami and we had to pre tape. Right. So we were pre taping for the Saturday and on the Friday Friday it was like, okay, the hurricane is moving towards Miami. So I was like, well, I would, I want to make an, an announcement about Grenada and say, you know, sorry to Grenada. And they were like, you can't because if you say, um, you know, I just want to shout out to Grenada that just suffered damages with the hurricane and it ends up landing in Miami and you don't say Miami, then it makes it look like you care more about Grenada than America and you're leaving out our Miami viewers. And I was like, I fucking hate you people.
1: <laughs> so I'm like that, that, that was one of the... Uh... Many times that led you to this path where you are now. As a... <laughs> I want to say, you're just an independent creative. I feel like that's a branch of your brand to be independent creative because you're definitely still it's the foundation
0: work... of my brand. Right,
1: right. You definitely... I think
0: once upon a time it was a break. It was mm-hmm. a branch,
1: mm-hmm. but but now you still, I feel like you, you you do very well at toggling between the two. You know when to use the industry to to advance yourself, but also you kind of have your core, like you said, as an independent creative. What has that journey been like for you? Like just discovering the possibilities of the internet, YouTube having your own platforms.
0: You know, if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, this was something that I've always needed to do, but I didn't have the people around me to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're about to start the next round of our internship program that we started at Smart Funny Black four years ago. This will be our fourth class. And I didn't realize when we were starting this internship programs that I was simultaneously giving folks the opportunity to work with their peers to also, um, you know, be in this, in this creative space with no pressure, but just the opportunity to learn and share and, I didn't realize that what I was also doing though was cultivating folks that like really understood my brand Mm. and that had like a genuine interest in my brand by nature of them even wanting to intern for my brand. And thus I am cultivating folks who can work (laughs) well for this brand. So I knew that I needed to be in this independent space, but I didn't have like the actual minds to wrap around the space until A couple years out of this internship and being able to hire folks like you and uh, the other people on our team that came in and really brought such a freshness and such a unique voice to the table outside of my head, right? But did so with a love for what I'm doing Mm -hmm. that they had already had when they came to the table. Like it wasn't something I had to grow in them. They already came to the table because they respect what I'm doing, right? But that transition has been a bit of a slow one because it's been a learning curve of me becoming, learning how to be a better leader, but also learning how to better understand what I do. Mm. I think so many of us want to be these independent entrepreneurs, I'm a boss. Right, I'm But, we, but we can't really like, if someone asks us like, what do you do? <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, what do you want to do? So it took me a little bit to like understand that. And then of course it became, all right, how do you meld the two worlds? Like we just interviewed Ananda Lewis for a future episode of Small Doses podcast about side effects of beating breast cancer. And she talks about how like she had to figure out the the balance between the holistic treatment Mm -hmm. and the Western treatment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've had to figure out the balance between the independent route as well as the industry. And I look at it like this. I just say I work for them sometimes so I can work for myself most of the time.
1: And with that, Amanda, I we gotta leave people with that. That was a good. That was a good call. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right, y'all. When we get back. We go play for the record with Amanda. You know she let her play these songs here and there. I do. But we will get to the nitty gritty of it coming up next on the Seal. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits,
0: long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib two hundred milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. the Amanda Seals show delving deep Deep. into your favorite creators musical insights
3: I know this is one of your favorite records and it's one of mine
2: too
0: talking about their favorite records it's for the record
2: yeah everybody loves that song man it was number one in the country
1: all right y'all welcome back to the Amanda Seals show this is Jeremiah like the bible joined by Amanda Seals now if you just tuning in you missed me interviewing Amanda and I was asking really good questions (laughs) so if you didn't hear it you gotta listen to the podcast review stream podcast um, The Amanda Seals show to catch up on it. But now it's time for us to play For the Record. Are you ready, Amanda Seals? Yes. All right. First one. What's a song that reminds you of New York, New York?
0: You know, it's not going to be like Empire State of Mind. It's I not. I, <laughs> the song that reminds me of New York, New York, I would say is Mob Deep Shook Ones. Okay. Or Quiet Storm. Okay. Because when I lived in Orlando... And they would play Mob D. That was what they would play to clear the club. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like everybody
1: go home. Everybody go home.
0: Literally. And, and, and it would work. <laughs> uh, when I moved to uh New York for school, I remember I was at a like my first like college party. Mm. And they played Quiet Storm in the middle of the party. It was DJ Self, by the way. Shout out to DJ Self uh from Love and Hip Hop New York. Y'all self played Quiet Storm, and when I tell you the party it turned. All the way up. You're and a I was city. like, where am I? <laughs> and so like those, that song and Shook Ones made me really feel like, okay, this is, because that's the most New York, sh- the record, the song Shook Ones is so New York. Like I can't even say the word New York mm-hmm. without saying it like a New Yorker when I talk about it.
1: All right, good choices. All right, I want to know, what's a song that always makes you happy? You know, sometimes I have, there are certain songs you play are like, Mood Uh-oh. changer every time, every single time.
0: Uh, that song would have to be Raphael Sadiq's guy, Can You Feel Me?
1: You know, I recently met Raphael Sadiq. Where? Like, I was on the Disney lot with my friend who knows Raphael Sadiq. He's so lovely. He was very lovely. I was like, oh my God. Rafael oh, Sadiq. I love
0: Raf. He's like really dope. Uh, Never felt this way before. The feeling that you give to me, I can't ignore. You're my joy. That song
1: also... Wiz Khalifa and Currency, Window Seat. Okay. All right. This is my favorite one. And it's our last one. Okay. What's a song you want to play on the ending credits of your biopic? How do we end the movie? Amanda <laughs> jumps off the balance beam <laughs> into a fool.
0: You know what? Um, it's probably the song that I play whenever I have a good set. Okay. Every time I have a good set, I listen to Ellie Dollar sign. Shout out to Houston. I listen to Ellie Dollar sign Dreamin'. Really? And it's on an album called Midnight Club uh, with him and DJ Mr. Rogers. Shout out to DJ Mr. Rogers. And it is a flawless album. Like literally it's a completely independent album. Like they put it out and the use of samples on this album is incredible. And this song Dreamin', um, it's just the vibe of it, the message of it. Why don't you got to go and get it? wanted you gotta wanted you gotta like that's been me that's been my whole life like I've never sat around and waited for somebody to give me nothing I've never sat around I've never sat around and cried like why isn't somebody looking out for me why isn't somebody giving me you know um I've had to go and get it contrary to popular belief because some people feel like oh like she's just been given a silver spoon I'm like where not I not I so I think you know and I've had to create my own yeses so that would be the song Ellie Dallasine Dreamin' off the Midnight Club album produced by DJ Mr.
1: Rogers. As um, directed by Amanda Seals, starring Amanda
0: Seals, <laughs> written by Amanda Seals. Shout Sills. out to Kiki Palmer. <laughs> go on, go
1: on, so. I love that. Well, y'all, that's for the record with my girl Amanda Seals. Like I said, if you missed the break earlier about us, me interviewing her, you got to listen to the podcast too. Amanda Seals Show. And, you know, stay locked in. We got more show for you coming up next. Right here at the Amanda Seals Show. The
0: Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Pick up the phone and dial. What's up, y'all? It's Amanda Seals. And
1: Jeremiah Like the Bible.
0: And you've reached The, the Amanda, Amanda Seals Seal Show.
1: Show. We love hearing your opinions on the things we discuss. And that's why we love when you give us a call and speak your mind.
0: You know what to do with the beep.
1: Leave
3: that message. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Jeremiah Like the Bible. Good morning. Hope y'all are doing well. Wanted to respond to um, Daniel Penny. Having um, illegal funds, um, whatever bootleg GoFundMe sh- they on, he got charged with manslaughter, which if you look it up is a much lesser crime than first, second, or third degree murder. They're basically saying, oh, he was doing this thing and somebody happened to die. Whereas the organizers who organized, who've been organizing our protests under um, on Instagram, Warriors in the Garden, and at the May Days, when these two organizers, Kiara Williams and Kimberly Bernard, were on the tracks. They ended up getting arrested on Monday. They've been charged with terrorism. Terrorism for going on the subway tracks and having a protest. And this man can get a lenient sentence of a lenient charge, excuse me, of manslaughter when he clearly knew what he was doing. And this is murder. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Hope you all have a great day. Stay safe.
0: I mean, it's no secret that this country completely has no regard for the amendment that supports peaceful protest, peaceful Mm -hmm. protest, standing on the tracks is actually still peaceful. Uh You are absolutely not causing violence threats to anybody. Maybe just to yourself. If a comes, But yeah. But I think there's also something very real in what she said about the fact that he was given a second, uh, second degree manslaughter charge and not given a murder charge. You know, there's people who have called into the show and been like, Oh, like I've actually seen a lot of comments like, Oh, he didn't know that he was going to kill him. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, what do you think? Applying pressure to someone's trachea for 15 minutes is going to do like that's the effort. Also, there were people restraining him from preventing from being killed. Right. Because that's what happens. Like you, your fight for your life um, instinct starts to go. The other part is that he's a Marine. Mm. He's a Marine. So he's a literal trained killer. Right. So explain it to me.
1: It's like unexplainable,
0: I, it's unexplainable, and it's disgusting. Those charges, the terrorism charges, of course, are not going to stick. Uh, but it's just the thing that they're doing, just to, of course, send a message that we're not going to let y'all keep talking like this, mm-hmm. and we're not going to let y'all fight about this. We're going to do what we want to do. And this again is yet another reason why I say Eric Adams has been one of the biggest mistakes that New York has made in hiring. And in, in in hiring, I'm going to say hiring a mayor because he, I feel like, was def- he may have been elected, but he's been bought.
1: Dang, Eric. The people the people ain't rocking with you Especially on this one
0: No And uh, I just hope That we continue to see folks Continue to raise their voices The New Yorkers Mm -hmm. out there Shout out to Warriors in the Garden Doing the damn thing Mm -hmm. And really just leading folks uh, In protest Because that's What has to happen Somebody has to say Yo Let's get out here And let's lead And I was sharing their protests On my Instagram And so shout out to everybody Who went out there I would have been out there with you If I was in New York So thank you for calling This is the Amanda Seal Show I know on Friday We like to keep it all good news But this was a scenario where we had to we had to get in there with the with the voices of the people so I'm glad we did right here we're gonna keep it back on a Friday Friday tip when we get back so don't go anywhere we amanda seal show we up we have we are, we are. Beautiful Friday here at the Amanda Seal Show, and right. uh, we love spending these Fridays and hitting y'all with the people verses mm-hmm. and things I learned this week and uh, the Black Spin, which is coming up this hour. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. We
1: freaking 50 love years it. Years of hip hop. 50 it.
0: years.
1: We gotta get hip hop some birthday candles for it to blow out. Who will blow out the 50 year hip hop candles, Amanda? Who was that person? Who gets that that honor? Who Herc? Okay.
0: Yeah, who her kiss that on her? And okay. if you don't give it to him, he's going to fight you.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of folks out here battling to be the face of hip hop, so. He's going to fight you.
0: Uh, but today is a birthday day. Shout out to Yogadi Angela Simmons Boo. Okay, okay. Okay, it's his birthday. And, uh, We got another Black Joy story for you. We do. We always have the Black Joy stories for you on these Fridays. You know what it is. So don't go anywhere and keep it right here. Remember, if you miss any of the show, just go to wherever you get your podcast and type in The Amanda Seals Show. And if you haven't had enough Amanda Seals, then stay wherever you get your podcast and type in Small Doses Podcast and get into that. And then if you still haven't had enough, baby, you can go to my Patreon, TheAmandaverse.com. Look at all of that. That's a lot of Amanda. Mm -hmm. Well, there's more where that came from. Keep it like right here the Amanda Seals show. Cracking myself up. Yes, y'all, it's the Amanda Seals show. Amanda Seals here with...
1: Jeremiah Like the Bible. And
0: we got another Black Joy story for you here on this Friday.
1: A story of Black Joy. Joy. So we'll talk about the Buffalo Bills, Amanda. Okay. Because this week they announced the hiring of Marissa Figaro as the first female full-time assistant athletic trainer. Love that for her. We love it for her. The fact
0: that it's... 2023 and we're still talking about first but okay first full
1: time first 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 want to get some benefits <laughs> um but this is great because she was a part of the training team and medical personnel that was responsible for the life-saving emergency response and continued care of safety damar hamlin and she's joining over 100 certified athletic trainers employed by the league's 32 teams but check this out of that number only 21 are women can you believe that
0: Yes, I can believe that because it continues to be a considerably misogynist and sexist space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One hundred certified athletic trainers are employed by the league's 32 teams and only 21 are women.
1: That is 21 percent. And women have the might touch, I will say that. What do you mean? Like when, when it comes terms of like healthcare and like nurturing, I feel like, you know, women's art are um, enabled in this world to be a little bit more empathetic than men
0: <laughs> no you're right no you you use the right words because yeah. that's really what it is like yeah. women are definitely expected
1: mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. to be more soft and nurturing right, right right and that ends up working out well especially in the med- medical field when you're like i'm hurt i need someone to, <laughs> to help me <laughs> come through for the kid right versus like coming through with like the bravado
0: well, shout out to Marissa Figueroa. And I wouldn't be surprised if she's also like the first Latinx because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a name like Figueroa. I feel mm-hmm. like there's some, there's in some there, flavor some in there, some sazon in there. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I've never been a fan of reporting like, first woman or first black because I'd be like it's 2023 this is actually shameful but, but nonetheless say, it's a
1: win for her that also reminds us though like oh sometimes we feel like we're doing so good in society everyone's on equal playing field then we see these numbers it's like oh we have so much further to go and not term, in terms of just like race in terms of like um, gender equality class, class. <laughs> All the things So don't get tired y'all I know it's Black Joy Friday But the fight still continues
0: <laughs> Yes it does And the show still continues So keep it locked right here At the Amanda Seals Show The Amanda Seals Show We up, we up, we up What's up y'all This is the Amanda Seal Show I am Amanda Seals And it is a Friday is. Right here with Jeremiah Like the Bible And it is time for us to do What we always do Which is take it back with the
1: spin Cause we celebrating 50 years Of hip hop Amanda You know Last night at Smart Funny and Black, I know you were singing, going up, playing all the classics. My favorite thing to do. But I want to know what has been like your favorite hip hop concert experience. Like you know, rappers these days get a lot of flack sometimes (laughs) in these concerts. But I know it's a lot of like top notch performers in hip hop as well.
0: Um, I would say I've so first of all, I'm a concert person, so I've 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 had my fair share. Uh, well, one rest in peace. To the Dove, uh, plug two, because Dayla is one of the few groups where, like, I will always pay to go see Dayla. Okay. Like, they just... You
1: went for the, the Vegas residency.
0: They was always just giving you the best shows of all time. Like, they were just really about that life. Um, my My financial planner... Uh, I had told him about this And he said That the best concert Was the Fresh Fest In 1983 And I don't know If you've ever heard About the Fresh Fest But the Fresh Fest Was like Before there was uh, Lovers and Friends Festivals Before there was The um, Rolling Loud Rolling Louds. Yeah There was the Fresh Fest And the lineup Was Curtis Blow Houdini The Fat Boys And Run DMC He said he was (laughs) Nine years old And his mind Was blown That's like an OG lineup That's an OG lineup Um, I would say that the best rap concert I have ever been to, man, you know, there's festivals, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, where just by nature of the fact that you're seeing so many folks in one place, like, I mean, I'm trying to remember right now what the name of this festival was, but I went to a festival where it was like Lauryn Hill, uh, Nas, The Roots, um, Ghostface Mm Killer. I hosted the Roots Festival for like nine years. Really? Yeah, I hosted Roots Fest for a long time until um, Rich passed away. Rest in peace to Rich and the person who took over fronted on me. But that's a whole other conversation (laughs) for a whole other time. Um, But the Roots picnic was definitely a time. But I would say the Roots are always going to give you an amazing show. Like literally every single time the Roots are going to give you an amazing show. Wiz Khalifa is always going to give you an amazing show Whether you like his music or not Interesting I fell in love with Wiz Khalifa's music Because I had seen him do a show Like I didn't really know his music And I watched him perform And was like This man's having a great time
1: That'll do it That's what an artist is supposed to do I mean I know yesterday I gave You know uh, Lil Wayne The most likely to not been up a backwards award Because <laughs> he was kind of upset That people weren't feeling his new artist But you know Like you said Sometimes you see an artist And they like Prove you like, oh my God, I don't know you. I know your music, but now I like you. Let me go listen to the music.
0: You know, like Jay-Z used to just really do this thing where he would just stand there and then hold the mic out and it was like, bro. And okay. he's actually had to improve his performances because mm-hmm. he was on road on the road with Beyonce.
1: Right. People, <laughs> one thing about the Beehive, they don't want no uh, lackluster. You better, you better hit a two-step.
0: You better at least give me a rapper hand. Right, like, right. you better move around, move around, move <laughs> around.
1: um Common, always.
0: Common is always... A treat on the raps because he is the exact opposite of what he is when he's acting.
1: (laughs) I'm okay.
0: So there's that. (laughs) Uh, But I would say that the Wu Tang are also a great treat because they do choreography and there's just like so many of them.
1: Wait, really? Yes. The Wu Tang -Tang does choreo. I cannot imagine Method Man doing choreography.
0: Actually, he's one of the few that I can't imagine, but like when you see Raekwon, the chef, do a choreo, you're like, oh wow, y'all are really in sync uh so that's really dope but to me a great rap concert is one that pulls you in Mm -hmm. and that doesn't just rely on oh y'all know the records y'all know the raps Mm -hmm. but also has a certain level of performance to it that doesn't overdo it like i never liked kanye concerts because it just felt like this is the this is theater i want to i I want (laughs) to do the song with you you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying i want to feel like we're doing the song together not that i'm just watching a theatrical performance and i would say that the 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 show that keeps sticking out of my mind, Kendrick,
1: Good, Good Kid, Mad City. People say Kendrick is a great show.
0: That Kendrick, Good Kid, Mad City short, sh- tour was incredible. And I literally was so hyped. I was like watching the show crying. I was like, <laughs> I'm so excited. we were
1: getting a visceral experience with the yes. music.
0: Yes. And I bought my tickets, but they gave me backstage passes. Not Well, they gave me VIP passes and backstage, passes, but they gave me VIP passes. So I was able to buy my ticket, buy my ticket and support, mm-hmm. but not have to be in the pit and get crushed. <laughs> So that's that. That's
1: that. Those are my experiences. I love that. I want people to call us, tell us, tell us their favorite hip hop show Yes, they should call us one eight five five Amanda eight.
0: Shout out to all of our live music performers who really do it. There was one performer who I saw perform live, and I loved his music. But when I saw him perform live, I was like, yeah, that wasn't hitting. Ooh. And then he asked me what I thought, and I gave Ooh. him a real response, and he never spoke to me again. <laughs>
1: Zone X if you want the, the truth
0: <laughs> Keep it locked right here to the Amanda Seals show We'll be right back on a Friday Friday The Amanda Seals show We up, we up, we up Alright y'all, it's the Amanda Seals show I'm Amanda Seals here Friday in the bag for ya Jeremiah like the Bible We about to head on
1: out That is right, you know you gave us the things you learned this week, Amanda. I did. The People's versus Elon Musk. We did, yes.
0: And you interviewed me, and we did it for the record segment with me, which yeah. is very, uh, I, I gotta say, kudos. Let's give another clap. Kudos to Jeremiah like the Bible for his interview skills. And, uh, you know, I think for those... Even those who have been following me for a long time, I feel like they're going to get some new information, right. which is rare. Luckily. It was hard. I was like, I feel like I know a lot about you
1: already. I'm like, <laughs> what don't I know?
0: You made me ask myself questions I've never <laughs> asked. So that's fascinating. That's that's fabulous. I love that. So shout out to Jeremiah Like the Bible for the interview. And you can check out the full length interview and for the record, wherever you get your podcasts at the Amanda Seal show. All right. We'll see you on Monday. We'll be giving you black red news, 60 second headlines. And uh, will it be apologies and say the darndest things or the smartest things? Got to stick around find out. In the meantime, in between time, everybody have a safe weekend. Remember, we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we lift each other up. The Amanda Show. We up, we up, we up.